Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. How can I ensure that I endure or persevere in my own Christian faith? How can I stay the distance? How can I be as committed as Polycarp was with a faith that was unshakable? It's a good question for us all. I mean, after all, we we can see accounts of people falling away in their Christian faith so often and it didn't take very long to see the first account of that. We can look at John chapter 6. Uh, John chapter 6 and here was Jesus talking to his disciples about himself as being the bread of life, the bread of heaven, the only one who could satisfy the spiritual hunger that each man and woman has. And as Jesus started to talk about the eating of his flesh and the drinking of his blood, the people started to say, well, this teaching is too way up for me. Who can accept it? This is hard teaching. And in verse 66 says, From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Disciples of Jesus, not the twelve as we understand the twelve, but disciples of Jesus all the same, very early in the peace that turned aside. Then Jesus gave an account of the parable of the soils. Remember that? He said a sower goes out and he throws the seed and the seed that was being sown by that But that sower, was spread by that sower, was the good news of Jesus Christ. The words of life. And it was going to fall on different soil. And the different types of soil were all a picture of the receptivity of the human heart. How open were we as individuals to take in the word of God? And we know that in a couple of those instances, yeah, life flourished. But then with the scorching sun, it died away. And in another instance, weeds grew up and it choked, choked the plant, choked the seed as it was growing. And faith, as we look at the analogy of that in the human life, faith fell away. You and I will know people that started a journey with Jesus. They started following Jesus and they didn't continue. And I've had people say to me, you know what? Jesus doesn't have the same focus as he used to in my life. How can we ensure that we persevere? Perhaps you're feeling like that today. You're here and you're thinking there was a time when I was passionate about who Jesus was and I had a deep desire to keep on walking with Jesus. But you recognise that that was some years ago and there's a bit of a fading in your relationship. Well, perhaps you're sitting here today and you're saying, what's all this talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ? What does that mean? How do I really know if Jesus is the way, the truth and the life? How do I know if I can place my hope in the life of Jesus Christ? Where are you in your faith journey right now? I mean, Polycarp gives us a picture of someone who was unshakable and unmovable. Here he was, he was facing death. All he had to do was to proclaim Caesar as Lord and to renounce his faith in Jesus Christ. 
And what does Polycarp choose to do? He utters these famous words, 80 and 6 years have I served him and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? How can I do that? And instead, as we saw um, so, uh, so explicitly in that little clip, he suffered the martyrdom, martyrdom for his faith. So how can you and I take that steadfast hope that perseverance and stay the distance in our lives. Well, I think there is a few things that persevering people do. The first thing is that persevering people know that life is difficult. Persevering people know that life is difficult. I think there's a, a crazy um, picture of life that we have. It's this idyllic life. And if you were to ask people, what's your picture of a, an idyllic life? We'd have a whole lot of different pictures. It'd be like, oh, life on a desert island or life with an amazing surf break out there or life with endless travels as a grey nomad around Australia or this or that or the other. We'll get this picture of what we say is an idyllic life but that idyllic life usually has no hassles no troubles no stresses everything is just plain sailing and absolutely fantastic and sadly i've heard messages proclaimed when someone will say you know if you come to jesus all your troubles will be taken away you will never have another worry in the world and i want to say to you that any preaching that's like that is an absolute lie. It's not to say that Jesus is not with us in all those troubles, but we will endure troubles. And because you and I know that life is not free of trouble. Here today we've got people I know that are suffering pressures from work or are undergoing intricate surgery or battling with ongoing conditions that still need to be addressed as far as the health is going. Uh, loss of employment. Uh, some financial stresses. Life is not easy. And then as we've prayed for Iran today, we get a picture of people who are living in the most challenging of all circumstances. Things that we can't even imagine here in our country. See, our faith will always be tested. Why? Is it because God is some kind of a weird, sadistic, sadistic God who wants to see us suffer? Well, hardly, because the God I see revealed in Scripture is a good God who has good plans for me, who desires good things for me, and who wants to see me grow and mature in my faith and be refined as I follow him. James chapter um, 1 verses 2 to 4 gives us the reason that, that God allows our faith to be tested. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever. Note it doesn't say if you face trials, but whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. That might sound uh, kind of crazy, but the difficult tests and the trials of life that we endure are God's way of drawing us to him and having our faith refined. Taking us on a journey of simply trusting in God. God, our creator, simply says, come into a relationship with me. 
Trust in me, walk with me, and I'm going to continue to grow you and to refine you until I take you home to spend eternity in my presence. About eight years ago, I took my cousin's funeral. Um, I had a call from her husband um, who said uh, something like, uh, Brian, Denise would um, have loved you to take her funeral. She wants a Christian funeral. Um, I'm not a Christian, as you know. None of the rest of our family are a Christian. But she wants to have a Christian funeral because she knows, she has said she's in the presence of God. So I went down and took this funeral. Now, let me just put the background of that. Denise, at the age of 40, um, started to have a bit of back pain. So she went in to have some exploratory surgery at a, a, a great hospital uh, down in Canberra. And after the operation, the surgeon came and said, well, that seemed to go okay. And she looked at the surgeon and she said, when should I get the feeling back in my legs? And of course, there were panic stations. Can you believe for the next 23 years, Denise was confined to a wheelchair, never to walk again. A great mum, four young kids at the time. She was a great wife. And, and her positive spirit shone through brightly. Whenever Lynn and I go down to visit, there was no look at me, why am I like this? It was asking about our family, where we're up to, all those things. Her positive spirit shone through. And as I took that service, um, as I said, none of the rest of the family committed Christians, hundreds there, and I don't think many of those would have been Christian. But I said, there's an elephant in the room, isn't it? Isn't there? There's an elephant in the room, this, this big thing that we're trying to step around. And the elephant is that Denise asked for a Christian funeral. She wanted, she had a Christian faith. She loved Jesus Christ. How can we be here giving thanks for her life without recognising how she has spent the last 23 years and asking where God was in the midst of all that? And I said something like, I'm not an apologist for God. Let me just say that. But I quoted something from C.S. Lewis that I've often used at a funeral because I think it's the greatest account of a testing experience I've read. We want not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven whose plan for the universe was such that it might be said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. I should very much like to live in a universe which was governed on such lines, but since it's abundantly clear that I don't, and since I have reason to believe nevertheless that God is love, I conclude that my conception of love needs correction. Yeah, it would be a lot easier for us to have God step in and for God to have faith for us. And for God to give us a hassle-free, carefree life in every way. But God takes these situations to refine us and to grow us. And I saw that happen in Denise's life. What had happened in that, in that individual life is so amazing. And some of us are going through situations like that. 
where God continues to refine us and to grow us. And we need to keep expecting, if we're going to persevere, that these things are going to happen. And to see it as God's plan to keep growing us until he comes again. And then we're going to live sometimes with a bit of uh, trials and tribulations and even persecution in the public square. And if ever we want to see trouble that's going to be coming upon Christians in the future in this increasingly woke environment, uh, do some more reading about Andrew Thorburn. Any Essendon supporters here? Get out of your club. Um, <laughs> here's a man, right? Held a position for 30 years, uh, for 30 years, 30 hours. And yet because he was CEO, appointed, just newly appointed CEO of Essendon, and because he was chairman of a church that some nine years ago, 2013, had a sermon that was preached, not by him, sermon that was preached that had a different slant on homosexuality and abortion. He was given a choice. You either resign as CEO of Essendon or you resign as chairman of your church. You can't hold both situations. Man, they're the things that could be um, facing those of us that live out our Christian faith in the future. Second thing perseverance does is perseverance builds a track record of God's faithfulness. The longer I walk with Jesus, the more I see his power, his presence, his provision in my life. And as I take hold of those promises and have, I can look back now over a life where God has never left me, where I've gone through some very hard situations of life, but God is faithful. And so it becomes easier to continue on this journey and to persevere because there's a track record of what God has done in the past. And I can see that God is faithful. And I would just uh, encourage you to keep journeying wherever we are in our Christian walk, to keep journeying and building that testimony of God's faithfulness right the way until Jesus comes again. Because any trouble that we're enduring now is only a light and a momentary trouble, um, only a, a light and momentary trouble. And it's achieving for us an eternal glory that will far outweigh them all. And that's why we can fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary. And what is unseen is eternal. And so we can do that by taking hold of the seven and a half thousand promises that are in the scripture. Given by God for us to take hold of and to journey through life. They're there to be claimed by us and to be lived out. Not just to give us a warm fuzzy feeling but to take hold of them. And then people who persevere see God in the mix. People who persevere see God in the mix. God who began a good work in us is going to go on to complete it until Jesus comes again. That's the promise that we have been given. And so what we do know, therefore, is that God is with us in every aspect of the journey. So it's so easy for us to look at the, the storm that's raging around us or the clouds that are on the horizon and not recognise that God is with us in the here and now. That's why I love the account of uh, Elisha's servant in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, Elisha um, was giving advice to the king of Israel and because of the advice that he was giving to the king of Israel, the king of Aram's attempts 
to bring him down, bring down the king of Israel, were being thwarted at every attempt. And so the king of Aram set out to go down to a place called Dothan and to make it impossible for Elisha ever to advise anyone again. So Elisha's servant got up one morning, opened the door and he staggered back because he looked out and he could see the horses and the chariots of the king of Aram all around the city ready to attack. And so what did he do? He cried out to Elisha. He said, my Lord, what shall we do? And Elisha simply said, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he prayed that the eyes of his servant would be open. And God opened the servant's eyes in an amazing way. And when he looked around, he saw the hills that were full of chariots of fire. The presence of God there. Friends, you and I have the presence of God with us if we have taken hold of new life in Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within and we have at our command God's angels that are with us in each circumstance of life. God is there with us right in the mix. Perseverance also needs a group of encouragers. And I'm not going to say much about that now because we're running out of time. But the, the journey of faith, the Christian journey is best done with a group of encouragers. Who are your encouragers? Are you part of a small group? If you're wanting to get linked up with a small group, um, feel free to speak to Murray or Mitch or myself today. People who can encourage you along a journey of faith. And just as we continue to talk about how we can persevere, we can't persevere in a faith that we don't have. Sounds obvious, doesn't it? But we can't persevere in a faith we don't have. Jesus is our power for living. It's the Spirit of God who abides us and lives within us that can give us the power each and every day to live. So the Christian faith is just not intellectually believing in the existence of God. The Christian faith is not just living by some Christian principles. The Christian faith is an experience with a living God where God comes to dwell within us by his spirit. So far different to the intellectual ascent, the Christian faith needs to be experienced, not just believed. That's why I love this quote. My favourite author is Brennan Manning. In his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, he said, my personal experience of the relentless tenderness of God came not from exegetes, theologians and spiritual writers, but from sitting still in the presence of the living word and beseeching him to help me understand with my head and my heart his written word. Sheer scholarship alone cannot reveal to us the gospel of grace. We must never allow the authority of books, institutions or leaders to replace the authority of knowing Jesus Christ personally and directly. When the religious views of others interpose or come between us and the primary experience of Jesus as the Christ, we become unconvicted 
and unpersuasive travel agents handing out brochures to places we have never visited. Friends, there was a time when I was an unconvicted and unpersuasive travel agent. I, had, I knew all about Jesus Christ. I believed in God. I could quote scripture. But I hadn't experienced Jesus. I hadn't experienced a life-changing Spirit of God in my life. I was unconvicted and unpersuasive. Now having experienced the joy that has come because of life in Jesus, I love the journey that I'm on and I know that many here can say the same thing. Do you have a faith? Do you have a faith that can help you chart your course through life where the power of the Spirit of God comes and abides in you? And then persevering people know that only Jesus can satisfy. Let's go back to John chapter 6 and where we left it was from this time on many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So what did Jesus say to them? He said to the twelve, do you want to leave me too? And Simon Peter answered this, Lord, to who shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. People that persevere know that there is no other way to take hold of life that is truly life. That's why we continue to persevere. Friends, have you found that soul satisfaction in Jesus? As I said, perhaps you're going through a hard situation of life and even today, uh, you would like a group uh, in our, of our prayer team to be praying down that back corner down there. There's a little prayer corner. There'll be a, a group of people that love to pray with you that you might be able to persevere wherever you are in your life to keep going with Jesus. Perhaps you hear someone today that wants to understand more about life with Jesus Christ. Why is it that Christians say that he is the way, the truth, the life? We'll have to have a chat with you and to pray with you today. But let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the life of a, a committed Christian like Polycarp. It was a real um, challenge to us to take hold of our faith and to reflect on the way that you have changed us, that, Father, you have forgiven us because of the death of Jesus Christ, that you have uh, taken hold of our lives and you're wanting to lead us and to grow us and to take us on an experience where we can have hope in the future because we trust in you. Today, Lord, we'll pray for uh, each of us, Lord, that you would increase our resolve to follow you, that you would come by your spirit and work in our lives, continuing to speak into us the hope that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.